podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which Liverpool take on Bournemouth in the League Cup down at the Vitality Stadium on the South Coast. Lovely time away for everybody. Nice chilly evening down on the South Coast. This will be the 21st meeting between Liverpool and Bournemouth. And as expected, Liverpool have dominated the meetings between the sides to date. Only two wins for Bournemouth, three draws and 15 wins for the Reds. The first time we played them was the 8th of January, 1927, an FA Cup game. Back then, they were not AFC Bournemouth. They were Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic. And in that first tie, it ended in a 1-1 draw down in Bournemouth. Four days later, in a replay at Anfield, Liverpool won 4-1. In 1968, 41 years later, we met them in the FA Cup again. They were still Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic. The game was once again in Bournemouth. And again, it was a draw, nil-nil, this time around. We played them at Anfield three nights later, and this time we beat them 4-1 again, because that's just what we did. 4-1 slappings after their long bus journey up. Then we didn't play them again until 2014. We played them in the FA Cup at Bournemouth. They were AFC Bournemouth by then. And we beat them 2-0. Later that year, much later that year, December of that year, we drew them in the League Cup. So the first meeting that wasn't an FA Cup game, we drew them in the League Cup. Again, it was at Bournemouth. And we beat them 3-1. I'm noticing here we've drawn the The first ever league meeting between the sides was the 15th of August, 2015. It's about two months before Jurgen Klopp took over as Liverpool manager. Brendan Rodgers thinks he's comfortable in the job. He has thrown his coaches under the bus that summer and somehow held on to the job by the skin of his teeth. He spent money badly again. And we scraped by Bournemouth 1-0. By the time we faced them again... On the 28th of October in the League Cup, Brendan is gone. We beat them 1-0 to advance in the League Cup. We obviously got to the final of the League Cup that year. We played them again in the League that season on the 17th of April 2016, and we beat them 2-1 at the Vitality. 
In December of 2016, the 4th of December, we played them at the Vitality in the league and they got their first win over us. A 4-3 victory. And that game was absolutely manic. We ended with Lucas Leva. Lucas might have started at centre-back. I know he ended the game there and he was dreadful. I think Milner gave away a bad penalty. Nathan Aki, I seem to remember, scoring the winner. A game we probably should have won quite comfortably and continued to soil ourselves. In the second league meeting of that season, on the 5th of April 2017, they came to Anfield. And for the first time, they got a result at Anfield. A 2-2 draw. So that season, they definitely had our number. But we would go on to finish in the top four, so it didn't really matter. But those could have been costly points, considering we had to go to the very last day of the season in 16-17 to secure top four football. Results like that plagued us through that season. And they were the signs that while, yes, we were improving under Jürgen, we still had a long way to go. In the 17-18 season, we obviously played them twice in the league. There was no cup games. In the first league game on the 17th of December, 2017, we went to the Vitality and we spanked them 4-0. On the 14th of April, 2018, they came to Anfield and we spanked them 3-0. The next season was 18-19. We were the best team in the world. On the 8th of December, 2018, we went to Bournemouth and we spanked them again 4-0. On the 9th of February 2019, they came to Anfield and we spanked them again 3-0. In 1920, we obviously ran away with the league. On the 7th of December 2019, we went to Bournemouth and we spanked them again, this time 3-0. We didn't get that fourth goal, which would have been beautiful. The return game that season, right around the time that COVID was taking over the world and we knew that the season was going to be halted at the very least, They came to Anfield and we beat them 2-1 on the 7th of March 2020. They got relegated that season. So we didn't play them in 21-22. But in 22-23, as we began a dreadful season, having made a bad start, they came to Anfield under your friend and mine, Scotty Two Coats Parker, And we absolutely beat the bejesus out of them. A 9-0 win for the Reds, which papered over a lot of cracks and I think fooled some people into thinking that we were going to be okay. I think it's one of the reasons we didn't do what we needed to do at the end of that transfer window. We shellacked them that day, but we didn't do much shellacking to anybody after that. On the 11th of March... We'd just beaten Manchester United 7-0. We went to the Vitality and lost 1-0. Wasn't great. Wasn't great that day at all, was it? Our last meeting, obviously, was this season, the 13th of August. They came to Anfield. They had a brilliant start. They could have been two up and Alisson could have been sent off in the first 15 minutes. We fought back. We got ourselves a 2-1 lead. Then Alexis was sent off. But we still managed to make it three and win the game 3-1. So we have had quite the dominance over them. And we'll be hoping that that continues tonight. But 
their home ground has been the scene of four of their five results against us. They're two wins and two of the draws. So it won't be easy. They'll put up a fight. They're they're not as bad as their league position says they are, in my view. They've been a little bit unfortunate with some injuries. The Tyler Adams one is the big one. But Alex Scott missing the first couple of months as well. He's now come back in and they look immediately better with him in midfield. I don't think he'll play tonight. But they'll still be able to put out a decent team. And we can't just play a bunch of kids if we want to win this game. Now, I think Jürgen might go with a relatively strong team because we've got Luton at the weekend. So he doesn't have to go full strength in that one either. I don't think. He shouldn't have to. If we can't beat Luton with a rotated team, we're in trouble. So I think he can go kind of half the first team tonight and do the half on the weekend or whatever way he wants to work it. I think it'll be a stronger team than people are expecting. Um, and I'm hoping for, obviously, the Reds to uh, to win the game and advance into the quarterfinals because <clears throat> really and truly this competition is opening up for us. If you look at who's left, a lot of the top teams are gone and Arsenal play West Ham at West Ham tonight. United and Newcastle have been drawn against each other. So one of them is gone. It does. It it opens up for us quite nicely. Um, I, I think, should we get through and get a little bit of luck in the draw for the next round, we could find ourselves in a semi-final with, you know, without having to have that really broken sweat in this competition. And if we get to the semis, then it's, you know, it's open season. You go full strength in the semi-finals, and you aim to win it. If we could get the winner of Chelsea Blackburn, Everton Burnley, Ipswich Fulham, I mean, wouldn't that be ideal? Middlesbrough knocked out Exeter last night. So Middlesbrough are there, championship side. Port Vale knocked out Mansfield. What are they, League One, League Two? So if we could land one of them, or like I say, Everton or Burnley, Ipswich or Fulham, you'd be really confident of getting to a semi-final. And over two legs, I don't think any of these teams can beat us. I don't think any of them can. I'd rather play Arsenal in a semi-final than the final. I'd just rather get them over two legs and give ourselves that you know that cushion of knowing we have them at Anfield. Um, even though I think we'll beat them regardless. I think we beat them at Wembley, but the big pitch might suit them a little bit. But then if we're fully at full, at full health, by the time the final comes around, we'll have had an opportunity to address our lack of a holding midfielder in January. Um, there's been a lot of players have actually played for both sides as well. So David James obviously played for us in the 90s, 277 career appearances. He played for Bournemouth right towards the end of his career, played 19 games just before Eddie Howe took over. So it's not the Bournemouth that we've come to know. It was the old Bournemouth that was struggling to stay alive financially. 
Uh, Jamie Redknapp came through the ranks at Bournemouth. His dad, Harry, was the manager there. He was only 16 when he got his professional debut. And obviously then we signed him in January of 1991. And he'd go on to make 308 appearances for our club. Jordan Ibe came to Liverpool from Wickham. Did really well. Looked like a super exciting player. Played 58 times for us. Had definitely kind of plateaued in the last year or so before we sold him. But we got 15 million for him and sold him on to Bournemouth. Now, it didn't work out from there. And obviously, his career has not worked out. Hopefully, I'm I'm hopeful, hopeful that he can reignite his career and get himself back on track. Because I do think he's a talented player. Uh, he's currently playing for Ebbs Fleet United in non-league football, but he's only 27. Like He's barely kicked a ball since leaving Bournemouth in 2020. He's played once, played once for Derby, went to Turkey, <coughs> excuse me, Turkey, he didn't play at all. Uh, he's played once now for Ebbs Fleet, even that last season at Bournemouth, and he played four times. So since the end of 1819, he's now played six games, and one of them was in the last few days. Like that's that's really tough. Because that kid that kid was on a good trajectory. You know, he was an England under 21 international. Moving for 15 million pounds. Just shows the pitfalls of the game and how the off-field pressure can can really affect players. Uh, Jimmy Case, of course, legendary Liverpool player, 269 appearances for the Reds, four league titles, three European Cups, the UEFA Cup and a League Cup. He left Liverpool to join Brighton and then went on to sign for Bournemouth right at the end of his career. Danny Ings, a lot of people won't remember that Danny Ings made his professional debut for Bournemouth at the age of 17 in 2009, went to Burnley. We obviously picked him up from Burnley. He had the injuries. We sold him on to Southampton. He went to Villa, and now he's at West Ham. <clears throat> but a lot of people will forget that he did come through at Bournemouth originally. Uh, Nigel Spackman, very, very underrated midfielder historically. Uh, had worked his way up from non-league to join the Reds, was part of the title-winning team in 87-88, left the Reds and went to QPR. Then he went on to Bournemouth and he played over 100 games for them. Um, So, was he Bournemouth? He might have been with Bournemouth before he was with us, I can't remember. But either way, uh, Nigel Spackman. Brad Smith. Moved to Bournemouth, this, I think, the same summer as Jordan Ibe. Played 11 times to Liverpool as a left-back slash left-winger. Moved to Bournemouth for $6 million. Uh, Worth noting, we had released him and then re-signed him. And then we sold him for $6 million. Um, he lasted four years at Bournemouth, though he did spend... Two of those years on loan, once one with Cardiff, one with Seattle Sounders. Uh, when his contract expired, he was released by Bournemouth. He joined Seattle Sounders. 
He then played for DC United and he is now with Houston Dynamo. So hope he is enjoying his football there. And Adam Lalana, of course. Didn't play professionally for Bournemouth, but was in their academy. Grew up with Bournemouth. Moved to Saints, then moved to us, and obviously has gone on to Brighton. Uh, Doug Livermore. Again, someone maybe that will often be overlooked, but best known probably as the uh, the assistant manager for Roy Hodgson. Uh, Roy Hodgson, Roy Evans in the 90s. Uh, he only played 18 times for Liverpool, but he joined Norwich and then went on loan to Bournemouth. Didn't have a, a distinguished career, but you know he, he did very well in the coaching realm. Uh, Ted McDougall. This one's a bit of a cheat, allegedly. He never made the breakthrough for Liverpool's reserves to the first team, but he did very well at Bournemouth. But he was he played for us in the reserves, so he's a former Liverpool player, um, but did very well for Bournemouth and went on to play for Manchester United. So, fuck him. Um, there's also, of course, then the most recent one, the most prominent one for this fixture, which will be Dominic Solanke. We signed him from Chelsea. He His contract had run out. He was a younger player. We paid a tribunal fee, I think five million or something we might have paid for him, and we got nineteen rising to twenty-one. And Dom has done I mean pretty well, all told. He's a good player. He's not the goal scorer I think that you would like him to be, given the fee that they paid. He scored a lot of goals in the championship, but at the Premier League level, he's not a big time goal scorer. Uh, for us, he played 21 Premier League games and he scored one goal. For Bournemouth, in his first half season there, he played 10 games, didn't score. The next season, 32 games, got three goals. Dropped into the championship, 15 and 40, and then 29 and 46, which was really impressive. To play every game in the championship, really impressive. To score that many goals, obviously, really impressive. Um... Last season, though, back in the Premier League, only six goals in 33 games. He is 4-10 this year. But the thing that Dom is brilliant at is his hold-up play and his link play. Like, if, if, if you could put goal-scoring wide players either side of him in a three and have him almost like a Firmino light, that's the best use of him. And I wonder if they'll get there with him, where they'll move to 4-3-3. The manager likes to play 4-2-3-1. But I feel like if they put Oatara and Semenyo either side of him and had him as almost a false nine type, and then you could go Hamad Traore, Tyler Adams when he's back fit, and Alex Scott as midfield three, I think that would work quite well, especially with Max Ahrens and Milos Kerkez as their fullbacks, two very attack-minded players. Then you've got Zerbani and either Sinisi or Lloyd Kelly at centre-back. It's not a bad team. really isn't a bad team. It might be a little bit too attack-minded. Maybe you put push Traore into the front three, sit Semenyo, and bring Joe Rothwell into midfield just for a bit more solidity, or Philip Billing, or Lewis Cook. And let Alex Scott be the more attack-minded midfielder. 
as opposed to having Traore there doing that. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's not going to happen for this game tonight. But what should happen tonight is we should see a good game of football. Uh, on This is Anfield. Mason Mount transfer ridiculed as Dominic Zabozlai's contract revealed. Liverpool's failure to sign Mason Mount from Chelsea proved a breath blessing. It wasn't a failure. We decided not to sign him. Um, he moved to United for 55 million. We had already signed Dominic for 60 million. Uh, Mount has obviously not started well at United. Uh, but Mason Mount is earning around 250 grand a week with various bonuses, while Sabozlai earns about 120,000 a week. Um, look, it's very easy to say bullet dodged, but Mason Mount's a really good player. And Mason Mount at Liverpool under Klopp would be very different to Mason Mount at United under Eric Ten Hag. He would be playing where Dominic plays. Now, he wouldn't be as good as Dominic. Dominic is just a better footballer than Mason Mount. So we absolutely got the right one. But if Mount played that role, he would do an awful lot better than he's doing United. The issue, well, there's a lot of issues in United, but the issue for him primarily is that his two positions are in their shape, which is a 4-2-3-1. His two positions are 10 or left wing. They've got Bruno and Rashford. They're their two best players. So unless you're going to shift Mount to the right wing, or as they have sometimes shift Bruno to the right wing, which doesn't suit him at all, it's very hard to get Mount into a position that works for him. Whereas at Liverpool, there would at least have been a plan for how to use him. Uh, Bournemouth versus Liverpool referee already made a fucking joke decision. We are being treated. I think we are being blessed by the presence of John Brooks tonight. John Brooks, of course, is the referee that sent off Virgil up at Newcastle. So hopefully he has a better game tonight than he did that day. Uh, Ten key things to know ahead of Bournemouth versus Liverpool. Curtis Jones is back from suspension. You would expect he walks straight into the team. Uh, There will be penalties if required. There's no extra time. It is 90 minutes and straight to spot kicks. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Uh, Another meeting with an ex-red. That is obviously about Dom. Uh, They've picked a possible lineup here. They've gone Radu, Smith, Zabarni, Metham, Kirkes, Rothwell and Billing, Oatara, Semenyo, Christie and Solanke. Well, Christie would be the 10. I, I don't know that Zabarni will play. I have a feeling he might start Metham and Sinisi at centre-back. But I think the full-backs are right. I think Billing is a question mark. They might go with him. They might go with somebody else. Lewis Cook is suspended, so it can't be him. Alex Scott is out. So yeah, maybe it will be Billing. Um, I think the front four is probably right. You, you might see Hamid Traore start. Um, you could start David Brooks. 
and maybe rest Semenyo and Christie because they've been first choice in the league of late. Will we see at least nine changes uh, to the Liverpool team, they're asking? So, obviously, Pep and Linders confirmed that Ben Doak is back. It's expected that Luke Chambers will play. Quivin Callagher will play. And then the suggestion here is that Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, Jarrell Kwanzaa and Cody Gakpo will all play. So the suggested team here is Callagher, Gomez, Matip, Kwanzaa, Chambers, Endo, Elliott and Jones, Salah, Nunes and Gakpo. If we go with that front three, we'll win the game. We will win the game. I would have a little bit of a concern about playing the two kids on the left side of the defence, Kwanzaa and Chambers. Um, I... I I'd not be entirely surprised if Virgil started. But I think it will be Matt. Uh Liverpool knew Gravenberg was a special player. We went over that yesterday. Kelleher holds the record. Uh, obviously, Quivin has an incredible record with us in penalty shootouts. So hopefully he won't be needed uh, in that regard tonight. Hopefully we can just put it to bed within the 90 minutes. Uh, for the second game running, Liverpool will not be shown on UK television as Sky Sports instead have West Ham versus Arsenal and Manchester United versus Newcastle, which, to be fair, is fair enough. Um, I'm sure some of the US channels, there will be streams, there'll be streams. Uh, quarterfinals on the line, we talked about that earlier. Uh, recent history with the referee, we've been over that. And then you can follow the live blog. The game is a 7.45 kickoff. Do remember, 7.45, not 8 p.m. And I say do remember, speaking mostly to myself uh, rather than to you, the listener. Uh, Ivan Tony Price set after Liverpool admission after Manchester as Manchester United ramp up transfer raid. Okay. Only... FSG were willing to pay 70 million transfer close as Liverpool looked at bottom of the league signing. Okay, we'll come back to that. <clears throat> Liverpool have found a, a clone with Jurgen Klopp's move for perfect Jude Bellingham alternative. Ryan Gravenberg is not a Jude Bellingham clone. Please, let's not let's not do that. Um Liverpool has replaced Trent Alexander Arnold with Kevin De Bruyne plan. Darwin Nunes will love. There we go. Erling Haaland. Only Erling Haaland can beat Jurgen Klopp's star and current Liverpool star. Liverpool star's levels are sustainable. That's about Mo and the start he's made. John Terry admits regret over how he treated Mohamed Salah as Liverpool seized on Chelsea error. Well, I mean, you know, we should just ask John Terry about what the crowd used to sing about his mum. Uh... Liverpool has two new playmakers giving Jurgen Klopp something he's not seen since Philippe Coutinho. There's a piece about Fernando Torres. Um, how to watch Liverpool versus Bournemouth in the US and UK. So you can check that out there. Liverpool ace can beat Cristiano Ronaldo record and Pep and Linders knows his importance. Okay. Liverpool I, 42 million Trent Alexander-Arnold alternative. Okay, we'll check that one out. And Liverpool should monitor four contract situations as Jurgen Klopp continues rebuild. So we'll start with this one. 
um, Adrian Rabio. Um, certainly a better six than our current crop, but not actually a six. So I, I would pass. I would also pass on account of how dreadful the people around him are reported to be. Uh, Nicole Williams of Athletic Club de Bilbao, absolutely get him on board immediately. Uh, Valentin Barco, he'll be leaving in January, so he there's no point. Uh, Yusuf Fafana, he's not a defensive midfielder. This article says he's a defensive midfielder, he's not. Uh, presents a potential long-term option in the pure number six role. He's not a number six. He's a box-to-box midfielder and always has been. Um, who is the Trent Alexander-Arnold alternative? Oh, Denzel Dumfries. Oh, no. Oh, dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, fuck. Um, only FSG were willing to pay 73 million transfer clause. Okay. That's all about Dominic. Apparently, we were the only team willing to put the money up. So, fair play to the owners. Uh, bottom of the league transfer con- considered. Divine wrench of Ajax. Certainly wouldn't be against it. Certainly would not be against signing him. I think he's a big-time talent. And he obviously plays primarily as a right-back, but he can also play in holding midfield, and he is only 20. Now, he'd therefore, he'd make sense as an alternative to Trent in this hybrid role, like as cover. He can play centre-back, he can play left-back, He would make a lot of sense for us. What's his contract situation? 2025. So a year left after this season. Yeah, I, I would I would be in favour of bringing him in. I, I think he's, he's an upgrade on who we have behind Trent at right back. Ramsey and Bradley. He's better than both of them. He's around the same age. Um, and obviously they both have injury issues. Um, he'd allow Trent to maybe move into midfield permanently if they wanted to change the shape. He can also cover it left back. Yeah, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be against it. Uh, on to anfieldindex.com. There is a piece about Connor Bradley now that I say his name. Uh, there's a piece about Thiago, Dave Davis asking the question, will we see him play for Liverpool again? There is a piece about tonight's game and how it's not airing on the UK TV stations. There's another piece about tonight's game. There's a piece about me saying Curtis Jones is part of our best midfield. I don't think there's any controversy in that. I think that's obvious. I think Curtis Jones is very clearly part of our best midfield three. Curtis, Alexis and Dominic. And I think Gravenberg works better with Curtis as well. Like the best performance he's had for us by a country mile came with Curtis as the other eight. Because Curtis is playing that facilitator role. He's the supporting actor. Gravenberg needs to be the lead guy. He needs the starring role, but Dominic needs it as well. And Dominic is better than Gravenberg. 
And that's just for now. Now, in, in six months, that could change. In 12 months, it will almost certainly have changed. The Gravenberg will have adapted more to what we're asking him to do. But for now, there's no question. Curtis is miles better than him defensively. And the gap on the ball isn't all that big. It's just that Curtis reigns in what he's capable of and Gravenberg doesn't yet. But he will. Don't you worry. The snippers will come out. His testicles will be taken away. Podcast-wise, we have the new AI scouted looking ahead at the Bournemouth game tonight. A little bit about the Bournemouth game. And talking about the Ballon d'Or and a bunch of other things. And there is the new under pressure. Phil Barter is still away. Like, how much of a holiday do you need, Phil? Uh, is this just a permanent thing now that you're just on holiday all the time? Yeah. So it is Dan Kennett, Cy Brundish and Daniel Rhodes. And they talk about the Toulouse game and the Forest game. So lots to get into there. So do give that one a listen. It is very, very good every single time. Uh, there's also the press conference pod that Dave Davis does for what Linders had to say yesterday. So check that out. And of course, if you haven't heard the uh, the Pro Plus with David Lynch, which was cleverly entitled Monday Lynch Time, but apparently that offended people. Like, what are we doing here? His name is Lynch. That's his name. He can't change his name because it offends you. Monday Lynch Time is clever. It's a play on Monday Lunchtime because his name is David Lynch. Do you get it? It has nothing to do with anything else. That's just his name being put into a common phrase. What if it was Tuesday lunchtime? Would that offend you as much? What about the early lynch? If we play... No? Packed lynch? Any of these? Okay with you snowflakes? Jesus wept, folks. Can we all just, you know, toughen up ever so slightly? The fuck is wrong with us all? Uh, that'll do, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.